Listening to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, this Friday afternoon. Now, let's turn to the very last topic of the year of the pig. And of course, we want to end it on a very positive note. So, in the next 20 minutes or so, you can create some social changes by signing up for this fellowship program by the Resolve Foundation Hong Kong. Now, Resolve is really uh, an NGO that sort of helps other NGOs in getting heard, but I might be corrected. Um, uh, And uh, we will be joined uh, in the studio by Sarah Fowler, who's the head of programs and also their fellowship advisor, Ajmal Samuel, as they join us in our studio right now and on Facebook Live. So (laughs) get on there. Uh, Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. You'll be able to see and hear Sarah and Ajmal there. Welcome to the program. Thanks very much for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Maybe I'll um, start off with you first, Sarah. So first Mm -hmm. of all, um, for some of our listeners tuning in for the first time, what is it that you do at Resolve? What is this NGO? Yeah, okay. So actually, thank you for having us. So we're really excited to be here today. Um, So Resolve is a um, Hong Kong nonprofit. And what we do, our, our mission is really to create a more inclusive Hong Kong and making sure that everyone has a voice in, 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 in Hong Kong. So um, as part of this uh, resolve, we actually run um, a social justice fellowship and the social justice fellowship aims at supporting community leaders and advancing their social justice work. So um, each year, actually, the theme changes. The first year was around um, racial equality and inclusion. The second year was on ending gender-based violence together. And this year, we're super excited because the theme is on disabilities and empowerment, and it's on less assumptions and more conversations around this theme. Wow. All of them are such amazing uh, agendas, (laughs) and it must be quite difficult to to choose sort of um, year by year. That's why it's going strong it's in your third year yeah already so tell us a little bit more about this fellowship program how Mm -hmm. does it work and who is it really aimed for yeah sure so um actually the fellowship kind of triangulates leadership development campaigning skills and human rights awareness there's sort of three key elements of the program so there is one element which is uh, group workshops and they are run by um, experts in the fields which is really exciting then there's also uh, mentoring which actually Ajmal is one uh, was a mentor. One right? of the mentors <laughs> last, last year, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and then also, um, so we really spend a lot of time crafting that leadership roadmap also for our um, fellows. Uh, so it's really exciting. There's um, eight workshops that run throughout the year. Um, and so I guess the really unique thing about this um, this program is that it's open for anybody as long as you have a, a passion for um, the theme, which is obviously around disability and empowerment, um, and you're looking to advance your social justice work in this space, it's for you. So when uh, we're looking for people who might be um, self-advocates, um, they can be allies as well. So people who are educators, policymakers, NGO workers, anyone who just has that passion for creating uh, change in this space. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's speak to the mentor then. Ajma was a, <laughs> was a mentor from last year. What was the role um, of a mentor? What did you tell um, the, uh, the fellows who joined? First of all, I think it was uh, important for us as mentors, especially for me as mentor, to understand who we are mentoring okay so understanding the audience and at the same time the minute i was engaged in this particular role it was uh, 
interesting to understand that these people, especially young people, most of the people in their in the program, very passionate to do or implement or execute their dreams and their strategies, but they didn't have, uh, there was things lacking in their uh, execution side. So that is something where we would come in or, or maybe in some of the personal side as well, mm. where they would find it difficult how they have a dream, they want to take on a dream, but maybe they're too young and they don't have that uh, experience around the dream, mm. how to execute the dream. So that's where, and it's a very ad hoc thing for, especially for me to say, okay, what is it that I was mentoring them for? Because it, especially with my, in my case, I ended up mentoring that particular person in all facets of life, okay? So not just for <laughs> the program. So it, till today, that person is on my WhatsApp and sometime messaging me, hey, what should I do with this thing? Although the mentorship is finished, okay? Guys, that's so, why we want you to sign up for this. You get, exactly. you get a life. Or your lifetime mentor, you know? So, but but that's, it, that's something which was very encouraging and uh, sort of in return passionate for me also. It, it sort of... Uh, provided that uh, sense of uh, fulfillment that, oh, I'm doing something which by somebody is taking on that role from me, which I, I have been in those positions in the past. And uh, very good that there are a platform right now. There's a capability or the possibility for people to ha be mentors. In the past, when I was trying to do things like that, it's inaccessible. Those people are inaccessible. So for us to be accessible to these young people, to, for them to learn, and then in return to execute and contribute back to the society, I think that's very empowering itself. And it's empowering for a guy like me also to understand, ah, oh, I have contributed something. So I think that there's no hard and fast rule around mentoring, but this is some, some other thing which I, different facets of... Uh, mentoring I was involved with with that particular in my role yeah, yeah so yeah. for some of our listeners uh, listening to the program right now perhaps you're also a social justice fellow so who are these people who typically signed up in previous years I mean were they sort of working with NGOs are they just individuals who, who want to you know see change in, in our society yeah I mean I think again the beauty of the program is that we've got such a diverse um, cohort we don't specifically target one group of people and that's that's what makes it so unique. Um, so to give you an example, uh, for this year in particular, we're looking at, you know, a, a person with a disability themselves are, you know, more obviously more than welcome to join, but also, again, their allies. So people who are um, NGO workers, um, they could be teachers, they could even be architects or, or designers looking to make um, Hong Kong more of an accessible place. Or parents. Um, or parents yeah. and yes. carers. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is the interesting part, mm. because that is where uh, things are different because you don't have to go on a solo route hmm. on your own. So there is a, a group around you which actually around there to help you. And maybe your cohort, in your own cohort, there will be people who are not really disabled, but they are really in line with the agenda of disability rights hmm. so, so from that particular point of view. So it, again, I give an example for myself. When long time ago, I was trying to make some change and all that in Hong Kong, but almost difficult because you don't get the support. But hmm. in this particular environment, there is support available from people. Or your own contemporaries are there to help you, and they think alike. That's hmm. the difference. Yeah, absolutely. Now, for for some of our radio listeners and Facebook uh, hmm. viewers, um, you won't be able to see, but Ajmal is is actually in a wheelchair. Perhaps throughout your years of being in Hong <laughs> Kong. Um, 
how has the scope of of sort of uh, inclusivity changed in Hong Kong? Are we seeing a more inclusive society? Are people more accepting? Uh, is it accessible city? So okay, it's coming back to my the sharing before <laughs> we had such great stories from Archibald before the program started. We were like, wait, share this on air. So th- there are different uh, aspects to inclusion in Hong Kong. Okay, so. When you talk about inclusion itself, it's a very vast subject. Okay, but let's just say from a disabled point of view, disability point of view. So I would say I, I've lived in Hong Kong for almost 27, 28 years, and I've seen a huge change in Hong Kong. There's a Hong Kong when I, which I saw when I came to Hong Kong 28 years ago, completely not friendly at all, inaccessible, and. Uh, no concept of rights for disabled people, zero concept. Mind you, 28 years ago, it's not only Hong Kong, it's most of the world, mm-hmm. okay? So I qualify my, my whatever I've just said, but it was, you are confronted with this in Hong Kong, and then you say, wow, what, what happened to this place? Because I came from Europe that time. And so I was trying to compare Europe to Hong Kong. But at the same time, uh, what I see Hong Kong today, there's a huge difference. And when I start comparing Hong Kong today with Europe, I think Hong Kong is ahead of uh, many of the practices and many of the facilities, many of the approaches which are utilized in Hong Kong as opposed to many other places around the world. It's uh, you look at public transportation, you look at employment, you look at uh, an organization like Resolve. Okay, I'm sure there are organizations like Resolve around the world now because there's much more awareness about disability rights. but. To have an organization like this in Hong Kong, small place in Hong Kong, it's already that means there is a change happened already whereby people are willing to come down and talk about social justice and inclusion of disabled rights is part of the social justice theme. So all of these things, I think Hong Kong has done very well as compared to many other places in Asia and in the surrounding cities and all that. And as a matter of fact, if you look at China, China takes a lead in example how to provide disability accessibility from Hong Kong. So when you start comparing this, I think from a role model point of view, Hong Kong is not bad at all. It's okay. mm. What about in terms of public transport, for example? I know, Ajmal, I asked you that just now, but, you know, buses in Hong Kong, you can only at once fit one wheelchair at a time. So when, you've, when you're traveling with a buddy who's also in a wheelchair, then they can't get on it. And, and then you have to wait 20 minutes for the, for the next So I, I think I, I gave a very <laughs> relevant answer also. <laughs> at least there's one bus with one wheelchair, you know? So it, like in many other cities, you have, don't even have a bus with a wheelchair facility. So from that point of view, I would say, hey, why don't you take an MTR? MTR, you can anybody can go anywhere in the MTR, and all most of the not most, but hundred percent or ninety nine point something percent of the MTR stations are accessible. So. You're definitely a positive guy. I can see why he's your advisor this year, the fellowship We need advisor. someone like yes. this on our board. Yeah. No, but that's that's a, really it's good. a fact. We have to look at things mm. like this because otherwise there won't be any progress and you mm. won't be moving forward. It will just status quo and moving backward maybe mm. and thinking, oh, where am I? What am I doing? What are we doing? Is things are not really happening. But yeah. if you start looking at some of the initiatives which are put in place in Hong Kong, you'll realize, yeah, Mm. Like you said, public transportation. I said, why don't you MTR? The other things as well. Uh, you know, employment. Now there are organizations which look after employment for disabled people. Mm. In my time, when I was looking for a job, nobody even understood why this guy is applying for a job when he's in a wheelchair. He should stay at home. 
So yeah. when uh, that's the attitudes, a, have, attitudes changed, have changed, changed, and the facilities have changed. That time when I was looking for a job, you couldn't get into a building because there were steps, mm. there were stairs. But now, it's a government mandatory thing that our building needs to have wheelchair accessibility. So all these things, yeah. You, when you start talking about their small, small points or small issues in a grand scheme of things, but you put them together, you get a very good, solid picture. Okay, yeah, maybe there is something right being done in Hong Kong. Yeah, actually, I might need to write to some relevant <laughs> government department because RTHK at the moment we've got offices on the second mm. and third floor. There are no lifts going up, oh, no, only yeah. stairs. So mm. that needs to. Definitely. Yeah. Yes, it is the government <laughs> department. Yes, so I'll. We'll, we'll do they need to follow the government <laughs> policies, don't they? Yeah. yeah, I think so. I suppose RTHK are the <laughs> a bit of rule breakers here. Okay. <laughs> I guess, though, just to add, I think one thing that's um, what we're trying to do for the fellowship is is kind of um, to use, uh, try to further raise awareness to the issue, but also take on that really rights based approach um, to running the fellowship program. Um, and I think. I think in in many ways we've spoken to a lot of people who you know want Hong Kong to continue uh, developing in terms of uh, the, this dis disability uh, rights landscape, and so we're just really keen to to bring in people who are um, who are looking to to further advance their work in this area, um, so that they can also go on to continue creating um, change within the communities that they work in individually. Because it can be quite mm -hmm. frustrating um, to sometimes. To, to promote the, the rights and, and f it falling on deaf ears because mm. sometimes, you know, the the government have a very sort of um, rigid way of, mm. of for you to get heard through consultations and through yeah, various right. things and it's, mm. you know, it's not easy often to, to let the no, government... No, it's not at all easy, actually. It's not at all. When you come to that point where you have to convince the government or a department or whatever, it's not easy at all. Mm. I, I give an example of my... One of my struggles in Hong Kong was putting Hong Kong, standard, Hong Kong Marathon or Standard Chartered Marathon on the roadmap whereby disabled athletes would be allowed to participate. I was the only one trying to fight and trying to get these athletes to participate. The government, the uh, Standard Chartered Bank, I openly say, and then Hong Kong Marathon, nobody willing to listen because they have to do something new. Mm. So there's a, from that point of view, there are silos and there are, there are gaps in the society whereby organizations like Resolve absolutely fills in the space because you have to go and fill in that. There's a certain advocacy needed. There's certain rights, advocacy rights. It's a real skill. Yeah, it, and it's it? not easy. Yeah. And all of the skills are offered by, so somebody, when you ask me about mentoring and mentorship, so yeah, of course, these are the things, not only from a mentoring point of view, but as an organization Resolve, it sort of helps you to enhance your capabilities, how are you going to pitch your problem? How are you going to pitch yourself to a certain, whatever you're fighting mm. for? Or how are you going to be media trained? How are you going to, things like this, which people, if they do not have this type of opportunity exposure, they would never know. Absolutely. So and this who is do important you pitch to? Yeah, you know, right. Do you pitch to a legislator? That's do you right, pitch yeah. so, to yeah. the media or social media these right. days? And I would take one step further. Uh, it's almost like it is called a fellowship and it becomes a fellowship whereby you become part of a network, which helps, we were talking yeah. about this earlier on, mm. which helps you to get your message across. Those people in that network will, might not be directly related to your cause, but 
the minute you talk to them, they'll know somebody to do something. The network opens up, and that's important if people are listening who want to be part and they have access to that network. That's also important. Yeah. So we've got a few minutes before the news. So what will they learn? Mm. Uh, can you summarize briefly for our listeners and why <laughs> they should sign up now, Sarah? Well, um, actually, so as um, Ajmal mentioned, they'll learn um, a range of different skill sets. So this, I would say this fellowship is really about advancing their leadership journey. And so it stems from learning um, things like the human rights framework to its intersectionality with disability rights to media skills. Um, but throughout that whole journey, it's really about shaping their leadership journey. And by the end of it, it's the hope is that they can continue um, on that leadership journey to then be able to be empowered enough to be able to create more change within those individual communities that they work in. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when is the deadline and when yeah. where and where can people sign up? <laughs> So the deadline is on the 28th of January, which is coming up. So please apply. Um, if you're interested in our program, you can apply on our website, which is www.resolvehk.org slash 2020 fellowship. You can check that out on our Facebook page um, as well. So um, yeah, make sure you, you do that before the deadline. Can you, If you know somebody who you yeah. think is good, can you nominate that person? So um, there was that choice to, to do that. Um, that deadline has passed, ah. but um, I think, you know, if you know someone anyway, please share it with them yes. and, and, you know, just continue um, supporting our fellowship. Excellent. Yeah. Wow. What a meaningful <laughs> uh, fellowship program. Thank you so much indeed uh, for, for both your time, for your sharing. And that's uh, Ajmal Samuel and also Sarah Fowler, the head of programs from the Resolve Foundation Hong Kong, here to share a little bit more about their new fellowship program. You can find out more uh, by going to their Facebook, uh, which is uh, Resolve uh, Foundation uh, here in Hong Kong. Uh, thank you very much indeed for both thank your time. You. Thank a you quick much. look at the weather forecast for this afternoon and tonight. Uh, mainly cloudy with some coastal mist and some sunny intervals uh, in the afternoon. A few rain patches tonight.